Miracy. So the first thing is to really understand what is actually the next level that my client wants to go to and what's the true thing that's holding them back from getting that next level. How do you know what works for your coaching clients? As coaches, it's our responsibility to help and support our clients achieve their goals and make progress towards the change they desire. However, striking a balance between making adjustments and not overstepping boundaries by becoming too fixated on changing your clients can be a delicate and challenging task. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. In this episode, we'll explore how to identify what isn't working for clients and how to focus on tweaking those areas while ensuring that what is working remains untouched. Today's guest has been here on the show before and is an experienced business coach. I've invited Kristen Besa to the show today. Kristen is the founder of Vesa Enterprises and has been a business coach for over two decades. She has worked globally with teams and individual leaders, and she's also an ACES coach at Miracy. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, Melinda. It is so exciting to have you back on the show, but for the listeners that maybe haven't heard your previous episode, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your background? Yeah, it's nice to be here again. I started out as an engineer, and my first job after college was in Sweden at Volvo. I had a project that was pretty much on my own. Um, what can you do to fix this problem? And then from there, I uh, got to figure out who to speak with and how to um, find the root cause. So after 10 years in corporate, I decided to start a family, and that led me to being an entrepreneur because that was a balance I could have raising a family and working with entrepreneurs. So I've been coaching for two decades. And the last 10 years, I find it's a holistic process of working both with growing the business and growing one's self. And I think that's one of the things I love most about being a coach is working together with the individual and their business growth. Yeah, those kind of go hand in hand. I often say our business is our playground for our self-development. And uh, we get to do great work in the world. And we also get to work on ourselves. I love the work that you've been doing in this world. Now, as I said in the introduction, we received a question from one of our listeners, and the question is actually from a coach's council member. Her name's Carrie Dobson, and it's short and clear. And she wrote this. Hi, Melinda. How do I know what isn't working for my client and focus on tweaking that while making sure I don't fix what isn't broken? Thanks, Carrie. Carrie, thank you so much for your valid question. And let's just go ahead and dive in. So, Kristen, how can we as coaches distinguish between you know, those surface level problems and deeper underlying issues that may be contributing to your clients' challenges. Let's start there. Sure. And again, I think this is um, spot on with sometimes it's an individual growth that's needed and sometimes it's a bottleneck in the business. So the first thing is to really understand what is actually the next level that my client wants to go to and what's the true thing that's holding them back from getting that next level. It's really identifying where the root cause is. That's the most important part. Yeah, and that's true. Like you were talking about it in the terms of business because that's your focus, but it's really the same for any niche. If it's a 
relationship coach or a career coach or a health and wellness, like it doesn't matter the niche, the same is true to identify that root cause because it might be about that situation, the health and wellness or the relationship or the money, or it might be about you, the person uh, that really is contributing to this. So getting to that root cause. And can you think of a time when you were coaching a client and you were using an approach or working with this client that wasn't effective for that particular client? Like, how did you recognize it? And then how did you adjust your approach? Especially when focusing on the business, it's easy to see the steps that need to happen. You know, all you need to do is just call 10 people and do your market research. And then you realize (laughs) week after week, the person's not picking up the phone. So maybe there's some mindset issue here that we have to deal with instead. So it's doing the best that I can to not assume or project that there might be a mindset issue, but to wait to, to actually go with the best possible activity, you know, to coach to the best possible activity and action step and then see, give it a little time, see if the person's ready for that best possible action. And if they're not, then come back and say, okay, there's something else going on here that we need to look at. I find that when I work with clients, the coaching skill of reflecting is a great one to use right now. And it would sound something like if, if I had a client that was, you know, there's that pattern. And it's like, wait a minute, you are not picking up that phone. Your mouth is saying you're agreeing to this, but your actions are not in alignment. And so in that next coaching session, I would bring up with them and I would say, I'm noticing that you're not completing this and I'm curious what might be going on. And that phrase, I'm noticing and I'm curious, those phrases, I find that it creates a container for discussion rather than judgment. And from there, a conversation can be had and exploration can begin. Is there a phrase or an approach that you like to use or say to help coach specifically in that moment? I find that um, it comes through in the moment and I don't have one phrase that I use with everybody. So it depends a lot whether the person is someone who likes to take fast action and check things off the list, then my question might be more about, you know, I'm hearing you say that this is what you want to do. Or for some reason, you're not getting it done. I'll use kind of that action term. Ah, uh, I love it. So you really you're paying attention to who's in front of you and how they like being supported or what really works for them. You can't really say, oh, I use this question every single time. It's so true. But I do find that having that approach where you create the opportunity for conversation, because like you said, we can't make assumptions and we don't want to be judgmental because that'll lead to clients shutting down rather than being open for adjustment. And how do you balance the desire to push clients out of their comfort zone while honoring boundaries and limitations, right? Because that's where, as we're pressing those edges, that's how I like to call it. Um, that's where we can really get into identifying what's not working with how we're coaching our clients. So how do you how do you balance that desire to push them but honor boundaries? For me, it's more about a pulling rather than a pushing. So it's recognizing that the client in front of me is whole and complete and they have the resources within and have them pull it from themselves, have them recognize and realize, oh, I know how to solve this. I know how to move forward. I know what works for me. So a lot of the questioning is around what works for you. Can you tell me a time that you've 
had faced something similar and what did you do then to move forward? And so helping them see that they have the success tools within them and asking them to share what they are. So it's more to me, I think, a pulling. I have to move from pushing to pulling in my energy. Yeah. And evoking a story from them. Can you tell me a time when and how did you move forward? So they're like, oh, yeah, I've done this. I know how to do this. And they're drawing from their own wisdom. Beautiful coach approach. And then are there times when pushing is appropriate? You know, sometimes I feel I get a little pushy when I hear a client saying that what they want is this thing. They think they need this. And I feel like I get a little pushy sometimes when I say, and where are you in your business? What stage are you in? And what's really the number one thing that's most important for you to do right now so that you build a solid business? What I'm hearing is that thing that you're wanting to do so badly is actually in the next stage of your business and you're not there yet. So I feel sometimes I get a little pushy when I push back on, it's not time to do that yet. Come back to where you are and do the thing that's really going to support your business to get stable and move forward. Oh, that's interesting. I'm glad I asked this question. So for you, it's about pushback to focus, to bring them back to where they are, to help them identify, like, here's the next best step. When I think of pushing, I'm going to try to explain this. If my clients are saying, like you said, I need X, I've got to do Y, I've got to do Z, I will push them faster in that direction, even though I might be like, I don't think this is necessarily the right next step for them. But they are so fixated and so adamant because somebody else told them or they read something or they've got a belief about something and they're fixated on it. There's no, you know, pulling out of them or coaching through them like we were just talking about. And it's like, okay, you're there. Let's really go there. Like, let's just don't talk. Like, let's really dive in. And I really take them to that spot. And more times than not, they're like, whoa, I am not ready for this. And then there's this little moment of self-discovery. It's like, well, we're going to get there right now. What if we looked at X or Y or Z and help them focus on what their next best step is? Because I find that they're trying to leap the Grand Canyon and jump too far too fast. And so when I think pushing, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to push my clients farther and faster in the direction that they're so adamant and going and just seeing what happens. Now, some clients surprise me and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. And they just pick it up and run and they're ready to make that leap. But most clients aren't. So what ways do you actively seek feedback from your clients to help gauge whether your coaching is helping them make progress? It depends on what their step is. A lot of the time I seek to stay focused on being clear that they're connected with their vision and that they understand their current goal, right? You might have a vision for five years down the road or even a year or two. These days, time, everything's going so quickly. I don't know how anyone can know what five years looks like, but let's just say (laughs) we've got a vision for two years and in the next 90 days, this is the step we're going to take. And so it's coming back and reminding them to remind me. I ask them to clarify that to your vision and this 90-day goal and share with me what the main thing is that's most important to them. And getting clear on in order to achieve that, what is it that they believe? Let's make sure we're on the same page, I guess, is what I'm saying. And so what I hear you saying is that you do regular, I'll call them check-ins, 
where you're just checking in with the client, what their vision is, what their goal, what we're working on, checking in with them, making sure they're reflecting back to it, the value they're getting, the progress they're making, the clarity that's happening. And you just have these regular check-ins to make sure you stay on the same page. And that in it of itself is a gauge to keep moving or wait, time out, hold on, let's regroup. Yeah, yes. And the other thing I find about um, gauging that way is that there's a different energy in focusing on the vision and the goal than on the list of tasks and the activity and the I need to do, 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 do. I need to get, 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 get. And I don't have this done. You know, someone comes in a session, well, I don't have this done. Or what can I do next? They are, they're all in the doing part. And I find that when a client's connected with their vision and their goal, there's a different energy in where they're coming from. And they can calm down and, and um, really lean into understanding what actually is the best practice to move forward to achieve that goal and vision versus a list of things that almost is like outside themselves. It's almost like someone else is giving it to them. I think mm -hmm. the vision comes from within. I like to keep them in that. This is my business or my life, my relationship, you know, whatever type of coaching you're doing, my health, my relationship, my business. I'm choosing this and this is what I want. And I want to make sure that I'm spending my energy in the right place. You know, remember your why. Why am I yeah. even on this call with you anyway? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, it's important to have those touch points. And when I think back to the clients that I've worked with over the 20 years I've been doing this, one of the things that I learned, well, a practice that I learned early in my coaching business, where I got my coach training from, they're like, at the end of your coaching agreement, when it's done, make sure you provide an evaluation form. And they gave us a template and here's some questions and give it to the client after the agreement is over so that they can give you feedback. And from there, you'll probably also get a testimonial. And that was okay. But there were occasions where I learned after the fact that while the coaching was good, there was an opportunity for it to be even better, but I wasn't aware of it. I, I didn't see it. And so I began doing midpoint evaluations. And I learned that, well, that's good and better. And then I ultimately began to, and we teach this to our students as well, after every session, I send a post-session recap form. And it's the same series of simple questions after every single session. And the client just, it helps them process what they just experienced. And the very last question is feedback you can give your coach to help uh, keep your momentum going or better your experience. And most of the time that question, you know, is either left blank or they're like, nothing, you're doing a great job, or I really appreciate how you show up or comments like that. But on occasion, I would get a client that would say, you know, I really appreciate this. And if you could also do X, Y, Z, I think that would also be helpful. And it's like, oh my gosh, well, that's easy to do. I'm happy to do that. When I would get these comments back, it was usually less about me and my coaching, but more about them and what they were learning they needed as they were going through the coaching experience. And it was a, a place to capture that after every single session so I could make those tiny adjustments and deepen the coaching relationship moving forward. If we had another three or four months to work or four or five, six weeks, whatever, uh, I could make those adjustments in real time. I didn't have to wait and learn after the fact. Do you do anything like that in your practice? Yes. In my practice, I have a weekly. It's a set of questions. Some of them are the same questions each week and some of them are different. And then absolutely, it's, you know, what is your coach doing well and how could your coach support you more? 
And um, similar to you, mostly it's, you know, positive feedback or it's blank. And then every once in a while, there will be something that really is helpful in understanding the mindset of your client, what's working for them and what they're asking for that will work better for them. I love when people fill things out like that. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's so helpful. And at first, I was afraid to do that in the early days of my business because I was afraid of what it meant about me as a coach and my own self-judgment of, oh my gosh, am I good enough to do this? Who am I to do this? Why would they hire me? And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Screw it. I'm asking it anyway, because I'd rather have the feedback and support my clients in the best ways for them than ignore it. And uh, once I started implementing it, it was, it's a great tool and my clients appreciate it as well. Now, how as a coach do you identify what aspect of your client's progress isn't working? Like, do you sit down ahead of time and ponder and really kind of go through the coaching sessions you've had with them? Do you give it thought in advance? Do you kind of break down what do you see going on? Or do you just do it in the moment with the client and let them determine what aspects of their progress aren't working? How do you do that? Yeah, I think it's a little of both. Because of the questions that are asked on the regular weekly feedback form, it informs me not only of the action tasks and what um, a client is doing, it also gives me a lot of insight on their mindset. So when I read those forms on a weekly basis, if there's something I see in there that really is catching my eye, that there's either an activity that they're really blocked from doing and they'll usually state what it is or if there's a mindset. For example, from time to time, someone will say, you know, I just, my mojo's gone. Like, I just need help this week with getting going again. So I'll make a note of that. And then um, when we come into session, the next time we have our coaching call, I will bring that up. I will say, you know, I noticed in the feedback, you said something about Uh lack of motivation. And I'm just wondering for you to share more about what's going on. And then using that as a point of coaching. Or if it's something like my website or the project I'm working on, it could be a mindset issue or it could be a challenge in an activity where they're feeling like they need more support. So that's my approach on that. I wouldn't say that I take hours looking at it or really script my coaching. Coaching Mm -hmm. is definitely in the moment and what's going on for the person in front of me always. And then on the flip side, as we do those check-ins with our clients, like we've been talking about, and they give us feedback, make sure in the following session and even possibly the next one after that, just do a check-in with the client and say, you know, you provided this on your form. We've made this adjustment. I just want to check in with you. How is that going? Is that what you were thinking? And making sure that you're, quote unquote, getting it right and not having missed the mark and they're not sitting there going, well, this isn't what I was talking about. And they're not saying anything, but just giving them the opportunity to speak up. Is there a time that you can think of when you realized you were inadvertently fixing something for a client that didn't need fixing? When our listener, when Carrie wrote in, she's like, I want to make sure I don't fix what isn't broken. Have you ever done that in your business? It's really interesting because it can be taken so many ways, right? Fix what isn't broken. When I first heard that question, I was hearing more that a client's fixing something that's not broken. (laughs) And Uh I have to identify that they're (laughs) they're working on a thing that they don't need to be working on. And the thing over here is where we need to stay focused. Yes, that has happened, though. And it's typically one or two sessions. Then I will realize that 
oh, wait, I thought we were focused on this piece over here. Now I have actually more information from you. I remember earlier you said something about pushing and going fast forward. A person mm-hmm. like, this is what I need. This is what I'm going to do. Help me with this. Okay. And so you start helping with that. And then after a couple of weeks, you realize, oh, wait, 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 wait. They're not ready to do that yet. Taking a step that like they're way too ahead of where you are right now. So I think that's how I would interpret that fixing what's not broken. So it's just being really clear to let it happen, right? Go as fast as you can and as far as you can. Go ahead, like you said, push, go fast, run. Let's see if we can take that leap. And then being really conscious to hearing, oh, no, we weren't ready for that. Let's go back to where you really are right now in your life, in your business, in your relationship, in your health. And let's focus on what we call the minimum viable solution, right? The, the, the thing that really is needed right now is probably a lot smaller and a lot easier to, quote, fix or take care of or solve or work through than that big leap. Now, when we're trying to identify what's not working for our clients, what are some of the mistakes? I think we've had some kind of woven into this conversation, but I really want to just focus on this for a second. What are some common mistakes that coaches might make when trying to identify what isn't working for their clients? The most common mistake is making assumptions rather than really listening, really asking the questions that elicit exactly where is my client? Not where do I think they are, not where do they think they are, but where are they in their business, in their relationship with their health? You know, what's truly going on right now? You know, it's easy for us to want to put on the best face right in front of people. And even in a coaching session, a client will come in wanting to impress? And how might a coach be approaching it so that they're not taking the client at face value, at that pretty face value, (laughs) when there's really something going on underneath it and not catching that? Mm -hmm. Because that really is one of the greatest coaching skills, listening to what's not being said, hearing underneath all of that. Another one that I see is that if something's not working and a coach tries to make some adjustments, they try too many different things at the same time. And now they don't know, well, which one of those things worked or didn't work. And they also begin to create distraction and overwhelm if they're not careful. So if something's not working, just one at a time, beginning to identify what could we do? What's one thing we could do differently? And just focus on that one thing, implement it, adjust, see how it goes, check in, still need adjustment, then do another thing. And so not doing too many things at once. Any other mistakes that you that come up for you? Trying to think. Yeah, I like what you said about that is, you know, the one thing at a time. And I think that's the opposite of when we were talking before about, well, if uh, a client really wants to go fast, then then maybe there's that mistake too on the other side uh, of not, yeah. not allowing that process to unfold, not honoring that the client may actually be ready for that. Letting them set the pace that they're ready for. And we're the ones that kind of gauge and press that edge. Okay, let's try a little bit faster. Oh, we found our edge. Let's back up a half a step or let's slow it down. Oh, that's too slow. You disconnect and disengage. Let's speed it up. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you use the word edge. Um, Yeah. Because another part of my background is I'm a licensed spiritual practitioner. And one of the lines that I just loved was that the the best place to live is on the growing edge. I think of that's the sweet spot for coaching in life. So, Carrie, thank you so much for sending in your question. And I just want to summarize some of the things that we've talked about on this topic today. 
I love, Kristen, how you started us off by we've got to really identify the root cause of what is going on because that's only how we know how to make adjustments to what we're doing. And using phrases like I'm noticing or I'm curious. And Kristen, you talked about good coaching questions will just come in the moment based on who I'm talking to and their style. And that's what gears me towards how to make adjustments. We talked about this idea of pulling versus pushing and how sometimes the the client can share a story and the coach can ask, tell me a time when you did X and how did you move forward? Or we might need to push our clients or push back from our clients, but really learning the different ways that we can find the sweet spot for what does work for our clients. We talked about a lot of different ways that you can seek feedback and get those gauges from your clients along the way. Everything from regular check-in in the session, remembering your why, having those post-agreement evaluations, midpoint evaluations, those uh, post-session recaps and weekly check-ins. And we even covered some of the mistakes that we might make when we're trying to fix stuff or not fix stuff and understanding how to navigate that. Kristen, do you have any other parting words for Carrie and our listeners? As you were recapping, Melinda, I think one of the most important things is that word fix. As a coach, the last thing you want to be thinking about is fixing anything. Coaching is really about, as Melinda was sharing, staying on that edge of your next expansion, your next unfolding. And life is not a thing that you fix and you're done and you move on. You're constantly moving forward. You're constantly on the edge of your next growth and expansion. And as a coach, to just stay in that with your client and hold the space for your client to feel as excited and comfortable as possible on the edge, I think is the key. I love that. And really, when it comes to fixing, I would say that what we can change is the way that we structure our business or the kind of support that we include in our packages or offers. And that can be fixed and adjusted. I like to use the word adjusted because I believe we're all doing the best we can with what we have from where we are in any given moment. And so it's like, oh, now I know more information. Let me make some adjustments. Uh, so when it comes to our business model, our offers, the framework that we do, make your fixings and adjustments there and bring your coaching skills into the conversation with the clients. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Kristen Vesa for this great conversation and coming back to the show again. You can find out more about her at KristenVesa.com. That's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Vesa, V-E-S-A.com. Kristen, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Thank you, Melinda. It's great to be with you again. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mayor CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead as Human and Once Upon a Business. Nishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer, and Danny Eni is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming and previous great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Mercy.
And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.